Well, since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, opioid toxicity deaths have increased by 88% compared to the pre-pandemic levels. To help us understand why this is happening, we are joined by Dr. Paul Christo, Associate Professor in the Division of Pain Medicine at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. Good morning to you, Dr. Christo. Good morning. Well, we've got this data before the pandemic, and uh, now that we're in it and moving deeper through it, why have we seen an increase in opioid-related deaths during the pandemic? Well, you know, gosh, it's just, it's just terrible, really. Uh, I mean, there were over 70,000 overdose deaths uh, in 2019, over 90,000 in 2020, and now, you know, we're, we're exceeding 100,000 overdose deaths. Uh, you know, over half of these overdose deaths, and that's a broad term, are due to opioids, and specifically an opioid called fentanyl, synthetic fentanyl. And this drug, you know, this opioid, is about 80 to 100 times more potent than morphine. So if you're ingesting it, if you're using it intravenously or intranasally, it can lead to death within minutes by suppressing our ability to breathe. So, doctor, what is it about the pandemic that has increased the numbers of deaths? Is it that we've, you know, been talking so much about, you know, stay home by yourself, you know, don't interact with other people? Is that what's happening for, you know, people who are getting into trouble with drugs as well? They're on their own and and something like fentanyl is, I mean, if you're not treated immediately, there's little help, right? That's right. I think there are two things that occurred during the pandemic. One, we had a lot of economic hardships. So there were a lot of people who were out of work or underemployed. That's certainly a stressor. And then there was a lot of emotional hardship. I mean, that is, we had a lot of people that were seeing family members, friends hospitalized in the ICU and die. So you had these two forces that I think have led a lot of people to uh, basically go to the recreational use of drugs, specifically fentanyl and even methamphetamine. So we're seeing a rise in psychostimulants like methamphetamine and cocaine as well. You know, it's interesting when we started to hear more and more about the opioid crisis a handful of years ago. I remember they started to roll out those uh, naloxone kits. And, uh, you know, to me, that's the, the, the term I hear time and time again. Do we have any other tools in the arsenal? And, and just how important is that naloxone kit in the battle? Naloxone is key. Naloxone, also known as Narcan, is an opioid reversal agent. So, uh, you know, here in the United States, you can, it often requires a prescription, but not necessarily in all states. In some states, the pharmacist can dispense it without a prescription. Important for family and friends uh, and for people who are using drugs to have it, clearly, uh, because all you have to do, it comes in different forms, but the one that typically is used in public health uh, realms is the intranasal form. So someone would basically spritz it into the nostrils in someone who's overdosing on an opioid, and it reverses the respiratory depression effects and saves lives, no question about it. I think there needs to be greater availability, though, of that drug and greater awareness that it exists. Doctor, this is a huge question, but, you know, with the addiction numbers on the increase, with a a readily available supply just about anywhere and everywhere, what steps do we need to take to try and combat this opioid crisis? Well, one, I think, frankly, we need to better support law enforcement to crack down on those that are selling these drugs illegally. Two, I think we need to target adolescents. These are, you know, kids between the ages of 13 to 25. Uh, Let them know what's going on, what the risks are of using a drug like synthetic fentanyl. Because, you know, 85% of addictions occur before the age of 35. So we need to target those 
people that are at risk at a younger age. And three, I think we need certainly an expansion of addiction medicine services. You know, we have addiction treatment centers, but we don't have enough of them, and they're pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, Doctor, I'm wondering if we can take lessons from previous, you know, issues when it comes to drug use in our, in our society, or is the opioid issue a, a different animal and has to be treated differently than other addictions that we've seen in society? I think it's similar. I think it's similar to other addictions. I mean, you know, this what we're seeing now is a rise in opioids, but... You know, certainly we've also seen a rise, as I mentioned earlier, in methamphetamine use, also in alcohol and tobacco. So it's not, you know, addiction basically occurs when you take a drug with rewarding properties and introduce it to a vulnerable person at a vulnerable time in life. And that's what we, you know, we saw huge vulnerability during COVID-19. And it's, we're seeing it now, but not to the same extent. Doctor, I mean, I, we likely will never see, you know, illegal drugs going away entirely, but we're starting to see, it seems, an uptick, too, of, you know, maybe even being able to buy them online, but things that are cut with horrible things that are, are not anything you should ever put in your body. So how do we kind of combat that idea of, 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 of a drug addiction as well? Well, I think we need uh, certainly addiction treatment services. We need greater support mechanisms. Uh, to combat what we're seeing here. I mean, you know, we need... So in the United States, for example, we have uh, the American Psychological Association that has a very uh, helpful online resource that people can go to that will link them to mental health professionals, you know, psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists. And and that's really been quite helpful and uh, one of the positive consequences of the pandemic because prior to the pandemic, we really didn't have these resources to the same extent that we do now. Also, telemental health services are on the rise. Mm-hmm. Again, a positive consequence of the pandemic. Uh, this also is very helpful in terms of linking people at risk with you know, their family physician, with mental health professionals. I'm wondering, you know, when we talk, you're based at the, you're out of Johns Hopkins University and you know, here in Canada, a huge crisis. Are, are we seeing uh, similar issues in other parts of the world or is this a North America-centric or are we leading the charge here? Yeah, unfortunately, I think, unfortunately, we, we sort of are leading the charge. It's not happening to the, to the same extent in other countries uh, that it, as it is in, in North America. You know, the other thing that is happening, is, we talk about the COVID-19 pandemic, we're talking about overdose epidemic. But, you know, what, the other epidemic that we've seen over many years that isn't discussed as much is the chronic pain epidemic. And that often, but not always, can underlie the use and abuse of opioids. And that's something else that we need to better treat and address. Ongoing discussion, and we need to talk about it now. Things are getting pretty dire. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate your time this morning, Doctor. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Dr. Paul Christo, Associate Professor in the Division of Pain Medicine at the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine.